You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm in South Wales, and I'm joined by Joe Wood and Ken. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I've got a little bit of a sore throat, but other than that, I'm doing okay. It's a shame the sunshine's disappeared this afternoon, oh. but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Busy day, but all good. Um, today, we're really delighted to be joined by Pete Scott. Pete is a sales guru and he runs the Ultimate Sales Academy. And we're absolutely delighted to have Pete joining us today because we are on day three of our Bookkeepers Bootcamp. And uh, if you haven't joined us already, come and join us in our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. Uh, we have been talking about relationships. We've been talking about customers and prospects over the last couple of days. Um, and sales keeps coming up. Uh, how to like build those relationships with our clients, how to sell, pricing. And we just thought it would be really cool to have a good chat with Pete today about all of those things. So, um, Pete, thanks for joining us. Um, how are you today? Me. Very good. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, excited to be here, by the way. Uh, first time I've actually had a chance to speak to uh, to bookkeepers directly as well, uh, which will be interesting. Um, but most definitely uh, pleased to, to share some, some answers to some sales questions as well. Fantastic. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I run a, a, um, an academy called the Ultimate Sales Academy, uh, which I launched in January 2018. Um, but we really did a relaunch in 2019. But before that, um, I trained uh, hundreds of companies and sales individuals um, from some of the biggest companies in the world to your little salon down the road and they might have two or three staff. Um, and the reason why I got into it is because I was actually, I started off terrible at selling and um, it was through learning how to do that. Um, and uh, really it was transformational for me. And then I went to go on and help others as well. So that is pretty much my business in a nutshell. But we help um, service providers, coaches, consultants. We have all sorts of people in the academy from all walks of life, which is great. Fantastic. So how did you become a sales guru then from going from being a bit afraid of sales and struggling with it to just like telling us all about everything we need to know about sales? Do you know what, Zoe, it's funny because I actually wrote down this question um, or my answer to this question before I came on. And my answer was so simple. I actually, I've got it in front of me here. I was born <laughs> because it, the reality is, is that we're always selling. And uh, if you, you know, if you think about it, even even the people that say they can't sell, um, they have to sell the fact that they can't sell. It's just that when we're trying to convince people that we can't sell, it, it, you know, it's, it's that whole thing of like it doesn't pay very well, right? Um, so for for me personally, I got into selling on the basis that. Uh, if I go all the way back to, you know, when I, was a, when I was a kid and teenager, I grew up in my dad's music shop. So I was always seeing him like getting a deal with, you know, selling a guitar or a keyboard. And I think I made my first official sale at like 10 years old or something like that. Um, but then uh, fast forward to my actual career. I am, I was a personal trainer, um, went on board to work on cruise ships. And I thought I'd be teaching like, you know, fitness classes. I actually thought the classes would be like sit and get fit because it's quite a Let's just say it was a seasoned clientele, let's put it that way. And then when I first walked on board, my manager, or the first conversation I had with my manager, this is going back 20, almost 20 years, he said to me, um, what's your revenue like? And I was like, what do you mean my revenue? And he said, are you not on a second contract? I went, no, this is my first contract. And he literally stormed off. There I am with my suitcase on the, you know, just getting on board. I'd flown to Alaska, which was 27 hours of travel time from the UK. Uh, and uh, he said, well, I need 10 grand. 
And I actually did $6 on my first week. So I came up $9,994 short on my target. Um, and then the second week, I doubled my performance. I did $12. Cutting a really long story short, after around about two months on board, um, I sat down with my manager and he said, look, it's costing us more to have you on board the ship than you're actually making for the company. So if you don't turn this performance around in two weeks, then we'll be sending you home. Now, I just need to make this clear. I had a leaving party as a 20, 20 21-year-old like six weeks earlier. There was no way that I was going to come home a failure. So sometimes that, you know, that, that kind of... Uh, you're going to be fired, basically, and gives you the kick that you need. Uh, I was actually able to sit down with the company's top performer, a pure chance meeting that I had with him. And it was really insightful because I thought he was going to teach me about sales techniques and you know, uh, give me some different ways that I can you know, close the deal or what you think traditional selling is. And I'm going to hold back on what he shared with me because I'm going to be sharing some insights to that during this call. Um, and uh, it wasn't instant, but I was able to turn my sales around to a point where I obviously didn't lose my job. But then over a period of six months, I went to the top of the company and then was asked to go into head office. And that's how I got into sales training overall. So that's kind of the, the long and short of it. And since then, 18 years ago, I've been obsessed with understanding the psychology, decision making, um, you know, really what it takes to, for people to, to succeed in their business. And especially now with the current um, economy and climate that we've got. I think sales is such a fundamental aspect of everything that we do. So yeah, that's that's my short story, my background. <laughs> it's really interesting because um, what you said about needing to like prove that you were going to stay on that ship and make your sales. Um, mm. All right, bookkeepers aren't in that boat, but often people have started their own businesses because they need to pay the bills like they've left their or they want to leave their job to do it so they need to make their businesses work so that mm. they can earn the amount of money they need to leave their job so it there is a different kind of drive uh, but there is the same drive there and um I think we often think that my first well my first experience of sales when I was a teenager I used to work in Boots the Chemist and uh, we had targets and we used to have to uh, link sell things so they would often say to us okay it's uh it's the spring people get colds uh if you're selling paracetamol you need to link sell tissues so you need to say to people like we got three for two on tissues at the moment and I used to feel like such an idiot I used to be like really do I really need to do like you know someone looks like they've got a cold sell them some tissues um it yeah. makes sense but I think it's the way it's um just the reputation of selling like <laughs> why do you think it's why do you think it's got such a bad name and how can we avoid being really sure. salesy and what we're doing well, there's a, there's a huge, I mean, there's so much in what you've said there that's that's uh, um, so true. Um, there's a huge conflict that we run straight into when it comes to sales, because ultimately, I would imagine the main reason other than that we've got got to make money, I mean, that's that's uh, uh, the lifeblood of any business. Um, but I believe most people get into business because they truly want to help people, um, whether that's through bookkeeping or personal training, uh, or being a consultant, a coach, whatever. And um, But then we have this whole conflict where, A, we want to help people, but then B, we see sales as taking something from someone. And then we link it back to, if you if even Google salesperson, it comes up with, because Google's algorithm isn't based upon what's truth, it's based upon what people search for. And what shows up is everything that salesperson isn't. So we just did a, um, a comedy video this morning in my office. I have my team, I've got three videographers now working with me, which is interesting. And we did a whole comedy video on exactly what sales isn't. So you can see that at a later date. Um, but when we associate selling with a 1995 car salesperson, second-hand car salesperson, who is um, you know uh, pushy, um, aggressive, uh, cocky, 
egotistical. We look at those traits and we say, that's all the things I'm not. I want to help someone, but I don't want to take money from them. And then we get into this whole matrix and this complexity of uh, I hate uh, where, where, where it becomes that how do I help people, but I don't want to take from them. And then our own personal thermostat comes into it as well, where we say, if I'm going to charge properly for the work that I do, well, it was a thousand pound, two thousand pound. That's a lot of money to me. I don't want to take that from people. So that that's the main area that, or the stumbling block that people get straight away. Um, but the first thing that I teach when it comes to overcoming that, and this is uh, just a simple question, if money was no object, what would you do for your client? And uh, sometimes we play a game with, within my academy members as well. I say to them, look, if your client approached you tomorrow, if somebody, a perfect client avatar, whatever we call them, avatars and um, you know, perfect clientele, whatever, approached us tomorrow and they offered us £100,000, seems like a lot of money, right? But they just said, here's £100,000, help me. Would you be ready? And you can scale that all the, all the way back and say, if somebody offered you £1,000 tomorrow, would you be ready? And that's really the question that we need to answer straight away. Um, but ultimately, if money was no object, what would we do for those people? And then, you, then your mind starts to uh, become more creative of what, you know, what we can do. And, and then we lean into that naturalness of, okay, I can help this person. Um, and, uh, so yeah, overcoming it is, is definitely a mindset thing initially. Um, and, uh, and knowing that we're there to help, we're there to, uh, to make a difference. And, and that's really, that requires a natural transaction, a monetary transaction as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And well, that's why we're all in business because we do need to put food on the table and look after our families and pay the bills. And I, I love the fact when you said that, you know, what got you into sales, you know, you were born because it's so true because I have three children and they are all very natural. The best people ever, right? Yeah. They can sell ideas to me. My 10 year old at the moment um, is trying to sell the idea of rabbits to me. Um, so she can give me the benefits, the cost analysis, you know, everything. Mm. So children, we, they naturally have this technique. So I wonder what makes us lose it along the way. And I think it's a case, a lot of it, like you say, it's money psychology. We automatically feel that we're doing something bad, but actually we're really helping people. And, um, you know, we can help turn that money into more money for them. And I think that's, I've, I think I've worked on that quite a bit over the years, but I know exactly how some of our bookkeepers will be feeling, you know, especially when I was charging an hourly rate. I, am I really worth that? Can I do that? Mm. And that's why I like the, that now I offer a package because when I'm offering a package, a monthly, a monthly amount, and I'm giving everything, I know what I'm going to be giving. But at the moment, what we're working towards is like wowing our clients. So we're going to do a bit on that, aren't we, Zoe, in the bookkeeper's boot camp. You know, how do we wow them? Because actually, if you focus on doing above and beyond and giving extra value mm. and wowing them and they're really happy then the monetary transaction doesn't feel so icky but I wonder where we get that feeling that sales is icky where does that happen you know is it it's a learned behavior isn't it over time absolutely yeah we're not born with the fear of selling and as you've mentioned with your kids um they're, they're the first to uh, what I love about kids as well is that they keep on adjusting their approach until they get what they want so they're like can I have an ice cream no can I have a, can I have an ice cream no no clean your room and then they're like then they don't clean their room. Can I have an ice cream? And then they cry. Can I have an ice cream? And then they're like, okay, I clean my room. 
So uh, there's that whole thing of persistence as well, um, you know, with, with, with kids. And, but as, as you say, where do we lose that? Um, and I think it's, 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 one of, it's such a massive question um, and there is no silver bullet answer. But what I will say is through the complexities of life, the fact that we're a human being, the fact that we become an adult, we're told, I mean, like I get on with my parents great and I'm still, you know, I've actually moved out to the countryside because I'm 20 minutes away from my parents. I've not lived near them for 20 years. Um, but most definitely, as much as my dad had his own business and was, is still an entrepreneur in his own right, I, was grow, I grew up in a family where children should be seen and not heard and you should listen to you know respect your elders and it's all of those philosophies and we end up with a philosophy about sales and um and then there's a whole thing of the well, the way that we're um put through the school system is not to be an entrepreneur not to be a salesperson and and going even uh, more in depth with that there is that little bit of um people don't understand sales i think that's the the real thing right so if i've worked in i've worked in many jobs over the years where the salespeople, and I've consulted for a lot of companies in the sales department, make by far the most money, but they have no degree. And somebody who works in, say, the finance department, or they work in HR, or they work in marketing, they, they can't understand. They'd see this guy or girl walk into work making maybe six figures, and, uh, and all they can see is that they're you know, quite social. Because you know, a lot of salespeople, they kind of go by their own rules. They're a bit of a maverick in how they do things. Um, so, um, the vast majority of people see sales as I can't be that I can't be that out there personality, uh, lots of charisma. Um, but one of the things that one of our missions, or I won't use it as a vision, but certainly a mission within my academy and what we teach, um, is allowing the, allowing everybody to feel comfortable within their own skin. And it's such a cliche word, but be allowing their authenticity to shine through because, one of the one of the key aspects with being successful in sales today is having empathy. It's being able to connect with your desired client um, and really be able to not just listen to them, but hear what they're saying and to understand them better than they understand themselves. But I'll save that for a little bit further on this conversation. And so, but yeah, definitely, you know, it's it's definitely a mindset thing initially. That's step one. If we can overcome that and realize that we're always selling. Then, then great. We can definitely, you know, um, have some better results as well. Yeah, uh, and the empathy thing is definitely something. And and the listening and hearing what people are saying—that's what you know. We've been saying recently. I I ask lots of questions in my sales meetings, yep. and then I shut up and listen. And I really listen, and I make notes, and I make sure that they know that I've heard them because I think sometimes when you are in a sales situation that can be a bit sleazy, people talk at you and aren't necessarily, they've got their goal in mind and it's not necessarily your goal. So, so how can bookkeepers improve their sales skills? Sure. So the first thing is uh, get started. I know that sounds like a standard answer, but just embrace that sales has to be a priority in your business. A lot of the time we're systemizing. I, I, look, I teach sales. I have an academy where we've, help thousands of businesses over the years and we've got you know our, our membership base as well uh, but i still find myself caught up in oh i need to systemize this and we just revamped the website last week so that's a whole thing that takes up eats up a lot of time is the logo perfect is it in the right position uh not quite happy with that bit of graphic design over there and the reality is as a business we need to be selling and marketing and selling our marketing ourselves. we're definitely in the the world of um 
personal brand, uh, especially if you're a bookkeeper, then most definitely you're, you've got to put yourself out there. Um, but also to to identify, this is this is something I've been saying to my members a lot recently, um, is that we've got to be able to teach our target market um, and the clients we want to work, ultimately that we want to work with, something new about themselves that they didn't already know. And that's the that's the insightfulness that we require. So for example, um, I'm doing a training session tonight on consultations and everybody does con- some kind of consultation, whether they call it a discovery call, a sales meeting or whatever. Um, however, um, I have a particular way that I teach it through a five-step methodology that's you know, tried, tested and proven. Um, and there's lots of insightfulness in there that's already because um, everybody's already doing consultations but what i find when i teach that is our members or whoever i'm teaching it to goes oh yeah i didn't know that about me so with bookkeepers um your client base already should be doing their books and if they're not then that's a you know maybe they're lacking the awareness there so what we tend to do though when we're selling is we do one of a couple of things one we even talk about our own product too much and the reality is, is the more you talk about your product, the less likely you are to sell it. Because people don't really care about your product. They care about the outcome and the, the solution that you can provide for them and the relationship that they can potentially build with you. Um, but, um, but secondly, is ensuring, as you've said, Joe, is asking the right questions. We sell with questions, not with answers. So we can go much deeper into what's really going on. Most of the time, um, when it comes to sitting down with a client or a potential client, I should say, um, we talk about needs analysis, understanding the needs. Actually, um, most clients don't understand what they, most of us don't know what they need. So if a bookkeeper approached me, I don't know, but that's why I'm trusting the bookkeeper to understand that on a deeper level. And so we, because if we're going to pay real money, we pay for an expert um, because people pay for experts. They don't pay for employees. So mm-hmm. that's very key as well in, in order to, to get started. Just have a think about, okay, so what, what do I know that my you know, my target market, they don't already know about themselves and, and home in on that because that's the stuff that we should be teaching. I have a lot of uh, beauty therapists that I um, have in the academy as well. And um, usually when you go for a, a treatment at a spa, um, they tell you to drink more water. But you already know that, right? Don't we all know we should drink more water? Here I am with a coffee. I know I should drink more water. So telling me I should drink more water is probably not going to get me to spend a thousand pound or two thousand pound on a skincare solution. However, if you talk to me about the fact that uh, something basic like um, the products I'm using um, won't be getting to the basal layer of my skin, actually anything that I do needs to get to the basal layer of my skin, not just on the surface. Now I'm interested and intrigued because you're teaching me about something I didn't know that's about me. So I, I don't know what that would be for bookkeepers, but hopefully, uh, that, well, that's that's really you know what we're an expert for in what we do. So, yeah, well, that you know, and we know that bookkeepers they definitely are experts. They do understand why clients need to be doing their books, and and I think that bookkeepers are good at really having the insight into what's going on in the businesses if they can get their if they can see the numbers you know if they're able to get access to their yeah. uh, their client or potential clients figures they're the best place people to give them the best financial support um i think you mentioned something earlier about people uh, us seeing salespeople as mavericks mm. i expect that most of the bookkeepers in our group 
would not uh would not associate themselves I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> no and they won't and I think it's quite an introvert um profession you know Joe and I have sort of said how we've been through our own journeys really of sort of building our own confidence to be able to like if you'd said to me five years ago I would be running a podcast with Joe who I didn't even know at that time uh we would have both been like no way and uh, it is a sure. journey that you have to go on to build your confidence and to put yourself in that situation where you're able to and prepared to have those conversations with your clients. Um, mm. Do you think, so we think that bookkeepers have the insight and they're, okay, we should be able to sell bookkeeping services without really needing to do much because if people are looking for bookkeepers, we can be listed on a directory. You know, it's it's possible sure. we can have those conversations without trying very hard, but yeah. it's then selling the sort of add-on services the advisory services and we all know that that's really where that there's the opportunity for bookkeepers to um, make more money in their businesses uh, by being the experts how do you think that so we need to build some kind of sales strategy into the work that we're doing sure. we need to this to be part of the conversation do you, should we you, we were talking about systemizing should we systemize sales like should we Absolutely. make this part of our process yeah so um sales and marketing need to be the two main areas um obviously i'm biased uh but i've just seen the results time and time again and when it's one of those things sales isn't um normally a necessary evil for most businesses and we try and avoid it as much as we can but it doesn't need to be you know sales really uh, first of all i say sales starts with ourselves and how we influence ourselves ultimately becomes how we influence others um, and uh, so a little bit more kind of personal development here is that um, if we, if everything's connected and if we influence, if we can't influence ourselves to get out of bed in the morning, then that will then ripple into everything that we do throughout the day. So um, most definitely always look at how you're selling to yourself first, all that self-talk, all that good stuff. And I'm not saying we should be high-fiving and doing affirmations in the mirror, um, but certainly um, we, we should be looking at it from the point of view of saying, okay, if I want to charge uh whatever the amount is three grand then my consultation alone should look feel and act like a three thousand pound consultation that's that's where it begins so you want to look at all the details around it so for example even on this podcast at the moment i'm using a professional mic um camera and that's really important for me so i've got my slothy in the background i've got my lighting and all those things are really important um and because it starts there so when we think about pro processes of sales it can be quite scary and overwhelming so the first thing we want to um, set up as a system is just really how are we showing up and what are we deciding to do each day? Sure enough, you don't have to, I don't know if you swear on this podcast, I have a certain thing that I say that, you know, there's, okay, people buy from people who have their together, right? <laughs> their SHI, right? So, and I think that's, that's really key is that you don't need to have your life together in everything. Like your life can, life is life, right? There can be total carnage in one part of your life. But when you step into the playground of the work that you do, and it really is a game, let's be honest. Yeah, it's a game where we get to help people. It's a game where we get to make a difference. That area, it's really important to focus on those right things. Um, I teach sales. I am guilty myself time and time again of focusing on the wrong areas of my business that do not generate revenues, that are not directly or indirectly bringing more leads to the business. And before you know it, you've slipped into three weeks where, oh my goodness, I haven't actually been the salesperson for my business i've had no sales conversations uh i'm figuring out all these other things in the background but ultimately that's three weeks of my life and three weeks that i can't charge for anymore so that's the first thing i'll say is know how to influence yourself definitely key the second thing with this is 
when we talk about systemizing, just systemize the basics. Start there. We don't need to start with anything. You know, I've got over a thousand hours worth of training that I got online available to people, but just start with the basics. Start with, okay, well, what do I want my, um, when I have a, what, what, what do the bookkeepers call it? They call it a consultation or meeting. What do they, what's their statement for it? Uh, now, yeah, well, I just, I'm a call, okay. a meeting, uh, it's just a chat. So, example, start to understand what are the questions that actually influence in that consultation. So it started for me because I was the worst, as I said already, it started for me because I was the worst in sales and I didn't want to go home. I was in Alaska having a great time other than my work, which was the reason why I was there. And I, I don't condone this by any means, but this is going back to 2001. I bought a digital recorder. And I actually put it in my plant pot and I recorded every single consultation. I'm not kidding. I recorded every single consultation I had for about three months. And then I would listen back to all those conversations. Now, the great thing is with Zoom and technology today, and especially with this pandemic, we can't even be in the same room as someone. So I would always advise that, you know, in your email that you send out before you have that call, say, oh, by the way, for training purposes, um, I do record the calls. Please let me know if that's okay. Or, you know, if it's not okay, please let me know. It might be a better way of approaching it. And then I would be going back over your console, you know, and I know we said at the beginning, like, I don't want to watch myself back on video, but that's where the magic happens. It's understanding your tone of voice and how you ask a question. I remember 20 years ago, literally being in a situation where I was listening back for the patterns that were coming up in my consultations. There were certain questions that I asked that led to certain really good answers. There were certain ways that I would ask a question that would every single time the client would then kind of lean towards or oh, think about it i even learned uh, a really good way because I, I remember having this particular couple that were effing and ring and i kind of got annoyed at the time and i just said to them i said well i said you know my assumption is as you walk away from this consultation today you still got the same goal you came here with they said yes so i said to them okay well if you still got that goal if you're not going ahead with this option and that's okay by the way if you're not going ahead with this option, what is your plan to reach that goal? And it literally just stopped them there and then. And I remember hearing that, and I only heard that back when I listened to myself. So it's that self-study on the basics. And we have a philosophy in the academy that, um, that I repeat over and over again. I'm not going to teach you chatbots. I'm not going to teach you advanced webinar techniques it is a deep dive into the basics because nobody in sales, especially, but in business as well, nobody fails in the advanced. You, you can you can interview the top billionaires on planet Earth and ask them, what's your top advice for running a successful business or making billions? And they'll all say it's the basics. And a lot of them, like Richard, Richard Branson, he'll say, you know, knowing how to sell. And um, and, and that's so most definitely to, to get the ball rolling and systemizing, systemize the basics. What areas you're already doing? And, you know, don't worry about... This might go against some advice because maybe some you've had another speaker in is uh, giving very different advice. But for me, all I can say is that there's a lot of things you're already doing in your business. Rather than worry about shiny object syndrome, all these other things which are out there, like literally write down the core four or five things you do for sales. What do you do for lead generation? Do you um, where do you get your leads from? Look at that. Look at the systems you've got in place for that. Because if you can get to a situation where you know exactly how to generate leads and the right type of leads, how to have great conversations with them where you ask the right questions, which really get to the, because I remember this, 
nobody knows. One of the things I disagree with with standard sales training is needs analysis training. You, you ignore the needs because they don't know. You ask those questions. So what do you want? What do you want to achieve in six months? And every single time someone tells you, you're like, that's not really, that's not really what's going on. What do you think the problem is? And they're like, well, we're not selling enough. Okay. Do you mind if I share what I feel is going on? So anyways, so um, look at the consultations and then look at how you onboard those clients. So start simple. Do you think bookkeepers should be putting some KPIs in so that they've got some kind of targets every week for how many conversations they're having? Yeah, make it fun. But just measure the right things and don't get overwhelmed. I think it's very easy for any of us to get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed myself and I have to remind myself. Um, I, I, I certainly don't um i don't confess to be the greatest salesperson in the world i had to everything i do now and everything i teach is all learned so i still have those same primal emotions anxiety stress overwhelm um and you know, no matter whenever we do a launch or something i'm like will we sell anything i mean that's just what we go through um so we certainly don't want to be putting in 25 kpis that we don't even understand i mean the amount of times i've mentored people and I'm like, can you share your KPIs? And they don't even understand their KPIs. There's salons, for example, that have got this software and they're analyzing data that they don't even know really what the data means. You know, just analyze the right thing. So um, look at a monthly, yeah, most definitely set a monthly target. That's the main thing. Um, think about, right, okay, in order to hit that target, how many leads do I need? Mm-hmm. And then set yourself a daily target. Two, I would rather have two great leads a day. So two great, like qualified leads, potential clients per day and consistently achieve that than go for, I've got to get a thousand leads into the business this month because it's, it's just not realistic for a lot of people. It is once you're, once you're growing, but no. it's, especially if you're just figuring out the thing. Yeah, but so also don't there. be afraid. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said for like keeping ourselves safe. Uh, but I, there are a lot of bookkeepers in our group who want to grow, uh, but might be setting themselves targets like to take on one additional client every month or something like that. And that you know you are going to grow at a snail's pace if you do that. Mm. But if you if you target that, you get close to onboarding that one client and then you're like oh great I've done it and you can sort of step off the gas whereas if you go do you know what I'm going to try and get 10 new clients this month and you might not get 10 but you might get five and you're going to do a lot better than if you were just targeting that one it's a mindset thing isn't it absolutely absolutely you know at the the end of the day um if we if we don't set any targets that in itself is already um keeping ourselves safe and the question is always, you know, what ultimately, what do we want in our business three months from now? And that, that's a question that always comes back to where do I want to be in three to six months? And are my actions today, are they moving towards that? Um, and there's, there's, as you say, you know, so it's, yes, it's a mindset. Uh, also as well, it's, it's doing the RGA, which is the revenue generating activity. Um, and, and, and knowing that, you know, I, I guess another way of explaining it is that if you, you can set an amount that you want to, you'd love to like pay, pay yourself every day and, and make it a crazy amount. Say like three grand a day. I'd love to pay myself three grand a day. And then what you do is you say, okay, well, let, let's take that amount. Let me look at yesterday. If I was to pay somebody for the activity I did yesterday, how much would I pay them? Mm. And then we get the real answer because a lot of the time we look back and we go, oh, actually, I probably would have only, I probably wouldn't have paid myself anything yesterday <laughs> because yeah. I was maybe working from home. I got more distracted with doing the washing um, or whatever it is than I did actually moving the business forward. 
And we can take this deeper and say, okay, well, if tomorrow you were to pay someone £3,000, and by the way, even if you've got zero revenue right now, I want you to consider this. If tomorrow you paid someone £3,000 to come into your business for, let's just say five hours, not even for a full eight-hour day, they come in for five hours, what would you want by the end of that five hours? That's when you start to get to the real answers of what we should be doing. Because if I'm paying someone three grand, I want them to come in and make some real strategic decisions that ultimately you know, um, point my ship of my business in the right direction. Uh, on, on top of that, I, I most definitely want them to be doing the high value activities. Um, I want them to identify opportunities that I may not have seen. And they might even find a whole new market that I never thought about. And we always talk about that um, uh, a lot of the time, the opportunity is right under our nose, but it's just one degree to the right or one degree to the left. And mm. we're, we're too busy looking out there. Um, but yeah, that's definitely where a good mindset shift starts to happen. Um, because people say, well, what is high value activity? Well, if you're paying someone three grand, what do you want from them? That's, that's how you want to be showing up every day. Um, and for me personally, when I started consulting 10 years ago, when I first came off cruise ships when I was 29 years old, um, I wanted to earn that sort of money going into companies consulting. And it, it, it actually took me to realize that about myself, that when I was at home and nobody was paying me that money, I was not watching Netflix back then, but certainly binging YouTube. Uh, I was watching a lot of motivational videos. I was reading a lot of Anthony Robbins books. But, you know, would I pay someone three grand to sit around and watch YouTube all day? No. So I was able to say, right, okay, hold on a sec, Pete. It's not about what I'm doing when I'm with my clients. It's about how I treat myself when I'm not with my clients. And um, so that's definitely a good place to start. Wow. So... With bookkeepers, I think sometimes they're actually a little bit scared that they actually might get the sale. Yeah. And them back. What happened? <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because you think, oh, God, I've got to actually do this now. And, and right. is that great? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, and then, so you're so right about the systems because what I've realized is that for me, I find it quite easy to do the sale. What I'm rubbish is, is with the detail and making sure that the next bit and the onboarding runs smoothly. So we've changed our processes recently so that I get one of um, my bookkeepers. She comes on the call with me when I do an onboarding, because in that onboarding meeting, we get there's loads of key data that, that gets said by the business owner and what my bookkeeper does she sits there and she types and she get, captures mm. everything that we need because otherwise it's all in my head and no one else knows all this really important stuff so oh, I think it's not like me yeah yeah it's just yeah I'm I can yeah I'll keep it all in and won't tell anyone that it's really useless so I think it's about making sure planning for the next steps that's what I was gonna say it says planning for planning for the s don't plan for the no, which is what most of us do, because we think, oh, my goodness, they're going to say no anyway, or, you know, they're not going to accept that fee. So you've already planned for the no, so then you're not prepared. Do, do you mm. think that helps people to to be better in the meeting if, they're, if they know exactly what the next steps are afterwards? I, I think so. I think also it's, it's the respect of, uh, um, you know, I don't know what phone you have, but I have an iPhone 11 Pro Max or whatever it's called iPhone, Apple didn't start with this phone. They started with an iPhone 3 and they started with some pilot model that never even made it. They probably had 10 models that never even make it to the marketplace. Um, if you have a Mercedes C-Class in 2020, that's certainly different to the Mercedes C-Class in 2005. And what we need to know is that Facebook 
a lot of you are watching this on Facebook now, um, I think, right? So you're, in, you're on Facebook right now. Okay, there goes some, right? We don't use Facebook. Uh, but Facebook certainly wasn't, you know, the same even a year ago. Facebook Live is, is a new technology. So it's that whole thing of like, take imperfect action, start now. You only get better. You only get better if you start now. And there's there's the whole story of the um, the, the university professor and he gave, um, it was a videography class and I'll, I'll keep the story very brief, but he gave half of his class the opportunity to build the perfect movie by the end of the year. And the second half of the class just had to film as many movies as possible throughout the year. Don't worry about the quality. And at the end of the year, they did a big presentation. And what they found out was what? Well, the ones that tried to have the perfect movie, they, they'd not learned anything. So they, all they really learned was that they procrastinated. They were trying to get the detail right there and then. And this, the, the, the second half of the class, which took in perfect action, they actually solved a lot of problems and they were able to create a really fun, their movie was better than the ones who were trying to create the perfect movie from the from day one. Um, but Joe, I'm just going to add something here as well because it's so relevant. Uh, believe it or not, the first training session uh, that I ever delivered on sales was because I went from bottom of the company, top of the company, and then my manager said, Pete, you're doing more revenue than 22 of your colleagues, which was the whole team. So he said, like, I, you're literally, and he said, so can you just do sales training for the team? And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say to them, <laughs> like 22 of them. So anyways, um, I, I remember it clearly as anything. I, I got the team together and I said to them, and, and I, I'd felt this, you know, it's more of a feeling of what I needed to do instead of planning out this whole training session. And I, when they were like, well, how are you doing it? What are you doing? And I said, well, I think it's really straightforward. I believe, and I still believe this today, everybody's a yes. And I believe you think everybody's a no. And when you start from no, it starts in your head and you've got to convince them to be a yes. And it's a really difficult mountain to climb. Whereas if you start from every, and I don't mean a blase yes. I don't mean, oh, they're a yes anyways, they're just going to buy. But what I mean is that like, okay, so Zoe, I've not met you until today, right? And, and uh, but I knew before I came onto this call, like I've already made a decision, it's going to be a great call. So we make those decisions in advance. And even if you've got the most difficult client in front of you ever in the history of the world, if you know that they're already a yes, you can smile your way through all those objections and I can teach you every sales technique. You know, you can go on my YouTube channel and get loads of YouTube, um, loads of sales techniques, but it's not even about techniques. It's about knowing, hold on a second. Like, I'm in this game to help people. Um, isn't it great when they say yes, because I can figure that that problem because otherwise what are we in business for? And that's really the question. I mean, we're expanding right now as a business. We've, we've up to, uh, we'll have seven people in the team uh, by uh, early October. I've mentioned already got three videographers it was just me and my girlfriend run the business the last few years. Um, but now we're growing. We've got a crazy office with loads of sloths. It's a whole different story. Um, we're, we're doing all this like crazy projects. And it was actually my mum a few weeks ago sat down with me. She's like, son, you know, are you, you're not a little bit worried. Like there's a pandemic. I don't know if you know, there's a pandemic. You know, um, we actually, uh, it's funny because we viewed about 30 offices. They're all available because no one's pushing forward. And as I, I'll say what I said to, said to my mum that, that, um, that I would rather give 100% for six months just to know my potential because uh, here's what nobody thinks about is that you may hold back. You, you might say, I don't want to give it a, because what if it fails? But what if you hold back and it still fails? And that's what nobody really considers. 
is that you might play safe and it still doesn't work out. So you may as well give it a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think when um, it's, we talked about KPIs a while ago, I used to measure stats for like how many people I get in a room and how many of the jobs I'd win. And I knew that if I could get people in a room, I would get the work. Usually, uh, very rarely I didn't because I knew I could talk, I could talk, find out like Joe does, like find out what going, what's going on and what they really need and see how we can provide that for them. And I think having that confidence was really helpful going into those meetings. But I also know that a lot of bookkeepers don't have that yet. And we are streaming this live into Facebook, like you said. And um, somebody has said, Christopher, Christopher Bowen has said, he under, feels he undervalues himself, doesn't see that he's offering the value that he's charging for. And one of the questions we wanted to ask you is, how can bookkeepers increase their prices to match their value? Because I think that sure. bookkeepers find it really hard. Really to, the pricing comes up all the time. And I think people find sure. it hard to like price their okay. value. Great question. Um, first thing to know is that it's easier to sell at a higher price than a lower price. It's, it's not linear as we believe. Selling at a low price your client base already knows because whenever you whenever you set a price you set an expectation and if you set a low price the first thing you're doing is you're actually setting a low expectation and so if if you're if you're selling to me and you're saying oh yeah i'll do your bookkeeping for this amount and it's quite a small amount um like pretty much every business owner i will then compare you straight away as a commodity to all the other bookkeepers out there so immediately it's kind of that well actually you know um However, if you say, look, I don't know, by the way, I don't know the going rate for bookkeeping, um, but let's just, let's just throw a really high figure in like 5,000, 5,000 pounds. I don't know how long that'll be for you. You know, I'll leave that open so people can form their own answer in their own head. If you say, well, you know, um, please bear in mind before I work with anyone, um, I do like to let them know I'm not the cheapest bookkeeper. However, there's a specific reason for that because I'm very results driven or whatever your reason is. Um, so any kind that I work with is around about the five to 8,000 pounds range so before we go further is that okay you don't have to go ahead and it's always good to remind people they don't have to buy um, that actually takes the pressure off you and the client um, but certainly by by saying the full amount people then get excited nobody wants to uh, we all want to be known that we invested right let's let's be honest why do we buy a nice bag or why do we not buy a nice car you know it's like because we we want to stand out yeah and we want to be like hey i bought i was this is a you know, i bought a nice car a few years ago um, and that was my, I always said when I, when I owned it, I've sold it since, but, um, I said that was my reward for, and also as a reminder, and I don't get that if I have a cheap car, the same with your bookkeeper, you don't, nobody hugs. I know we can't hug anyone at the moment, but nobody hugs somebody that they just invested a couple hundred quid with. If you've, you know, we hug those people who charged us properly and so that's the first thing is psychologically and I, there's i have so much training just on this one little topic here that psychologically it's actually easier to identify the value and it's easier to sell at a higher price than it is a lower price okay that's the first thing the second thing is this is that start instead of thinking of selling bookkeeping you're not okay because bookkeeping everybody's doing that right it's like a personal trainer isn't selling personal training right? it's just nobody wants personal training it's, it's just well, how much is personal training worth? 50 quid? 100 quid if you pay for a good one? But body transformation, okay, now I'll pay for that. Are you going to pay 200 pounds to have a couple of sessions with a personal trainer? Or are you going to pay 12 grand to have unlimited access to a personal trainer for a year 
and you can WhatsApp them Monday to Friday. Now we get to the truth of it. And you can take that across sectors, industries. So as a, as a business consultant for many years, instead of, I never sold sales training. And I would, all the inquiries that came in were sales training inquiries. And I'd sit down with a, with a company and they, and I'd say, so, you know, um, what's the reason we're having this meeting? They say, well, we need some sales training. I said, okay, well, how did you arrive at that? That's the solution. Well, we need to make more sales. All right, well, let's talk about it a bit more. And very quickly, you know that they don't just need sales training. That's 5% of the solution. Actually, when you dig deeper, they need a whole sales blueprint. They need to, a lot of the time, they need to recruit an entirely new sales team. On top of that, their leadership, they need a, a, a whole process for how they lead sales. So anyways, point being is that I don't believe bookkeepers do bookkeeping. I believe that actually they they provide a solution. And it's, it's about looking at it and saying, okay, well, what is the one thing that frustrates you in the market? Um, the only reason why I ever set up my own company, I didn't want my own sales training company, but every, every sales training company out there was only offering like one or two training, that one to three day sales training. I actually went for a job as a sales trainer and said, are you not offering any sales solutions? They're like, no. So it's so transactional. So you're always chasing the next client. You never earn enough. I actually did. I um I now and then do one to ones with our members. Not not too often, but yesterday I did a one to one with one of our members. I no, she won't mind me saying. And we did the maths, and she just couldn't earn. Like she's doing fine in her business, but she'll never earn enough. So so bearing in mind that you're not selling bookkeeping, you're selling a solution, and and play with that, and start to think to yourself, okay, well. If, if again, go back to what I said earlier, if money was no object and I could provide a real solution for my client and really solve a problem for them because people don't want to pay for a part solution. Like if you can say, look, you can pay 50 quid a month for a bookkeeper or 200 quid a month for a bookkeeper or whatever, whatever the going rate is. And sure enough, they'll do your books. And that's okay if you want to do that. Again, always remind them that it's okay if they say yes or no. However, after sitting with you for a few minutes uh, or whatever the conversations, you know, however, what's happening in the conversation, um, I would look at the bigger picture. And what I'm about to say, the chances are it's not going to be within your budget, but actually it's not my job to look at your budget. My job is just to share what I think is right for you. And you can let me know if that's okay or not um, and be really lovely about it. And you don't need to even use the words I'm using. You find your own way. Mm. So I've got a question. So at the moment, I do, um, I'll do my meeting. I share my proposal. We work through a proposal together, mm -hmm. me and the, me and my prospect. Um, I ask them questions about their business, and then it it generates a proposal using some software. And it's very, it's definitely helped my conversion rate rather than me coming up mm -hmm. with a figure out of thin air. Um, and it and because it's all branded, it looks like me. They get it sent to them straight away. But I never, and I say no. this to them: I'm not going to chase you up. Um, I'm going to leave this with you. And um, it's been lovely speaking to you. I hope to work with you in the future. But I wish you all the best. And then I leave it. Now I don't know if that's the best thing or not. But I do have people that come to me months later. And then they revisit it and come back. And every one of them as well, you know, lots of them, I said, this is a bit of my thing. I, I add everyone on Facebook. And I know that's not everyone's thing, but I add everyone on Facebook. So then my prospects are watching what I'm doing all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm being a reminder to them that, hey, I'm here and this is what I do. 
I don't know if that's the best technique, and I just wondered what your thought was on that because it's something I've always like. Oh, should I should I be saying I chase you up and I'll be there in three days giving you a call? I, I, I or should, think there's is it always fine to just um, leave it? nothing's nothing's gold as the answer. Um, there is it, Joe, your personality and your brand, like how you come across, you're confident and uh, you clearly have authority in what you do, and I, I see how that works for you. Uh, for somebody else who might be starting out and, and lacks that, it might not be there yet with the confidence. Let's just put it that way. Um, I would certainly say that they still have a process when there's nothing wrong with following up as well, you know, that they can, um, you know, it, you've just got to do what feels right for you. However, because I know that there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of people that will, will advise that. There's business mentors that will advise, don't follow up, blah, 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 blah. That's fine if, you, if you're you, Joe. You're like, you've got tons of confidence. So I get that somebody starting out it can work really well i mean i've followed up i, I give an example um i worked with a, a gym uh hotel and they also had um they had long-term tenancy flats in in central london in pimlico and that client um ultimately became worth in some of the value of one hundred seventy thousand pounds one client over a lifetime okay so over like three years they end up and that was because um yes they weren't ready to buy initially however I always kept them in the loop. I'd always check in on them. And when the time was right for them to buy, um, they started with a very small option, which then became a larger option, which then became a retainer. And then that retainer went on for, for the best part of two and a half years. So it depends on what is right for you and where you are at in your business. Um, but certainly, you know, I, I, will, I will say this, that wherever you're at now, you've got to prioritize sales and give it a couple of hours a day in um, this sounds cliche, but I'll just say anyway, you've got to wake up every day excited to, to go out there and help people. Uh, and despite, despite all that, you know, you're in this for a reason. We choose this journey, right? We, we, we like, we had someone who was going to join the academy then didn't, that's fine. Like, it's cool. It's all right. You know, there's for every no, there's so many yeses around the corner. And, and that's the space that we want to get to. Um, uh, one of my most successful friends who's now worth tens of millions and when I asked him, well, what, what really, you know, what got you started? And he's got a, a hundred different stories of how he did it. But one of the things I remember very clearly is that uh, he would say, look, Pete, at the end of the day, I always stay with my integrity. And I knew that, like, even if I had no money in my bank account, I'm not going to break on price because he'd worked out all his numbers. The 99, and I mean this, 99% of people in every industry, we end up compromising. I'm not saying we're never going to do a cheaper job to get started or whatever. But we also need to bear in mind the addiction that that is. And it's really important to take stock, step back, meditate over it and ask yourself, what do you ultimately want as a business owner? Where do you want to be in three months, six months from now? And, and then say, right, okay, well, this is, this is what I'm going to charge for, for a solution. Because if you just look at book, bookkeeping, you're going to be in that hamster wheel. Like, because if you're selling bookkeeping, it, that, that's all it's going to be. And you're going you're gonna to blend in with a sea of red. And then the next, then the next step from that really is, is then asking, okay, well, as a part of that solution, you know, um, why is it going to, because that's the whole thing is how do we stand out? You know, Blue Ocean, have you read Blue Ocean Strategy? It's a great book um, for, so Blue Ocean Strategy is what I recommend for everybody to read if they want to start understanding, you know, how do we how do we stand out? Not just a unique selling point, but create your very own Blue Ocean. Um, because as, and I'll give a quick example. Um, do you mind if I ask, what is an industry standard for charging um bookkeep like if, if somebody does bookkeeping what's an industry kind of like standard price i'd say like 25 pound an hour something like that Zoe. okay all right so 
I'm going to just say outright, yeah. So um, a part of a blue ocean strategy would be to say, right, I'm going to charge 500 now. Done. You're because now I'm not saying you charge 500 an hour. Like that's just for doing the same job as everyone else. But now you're going to think differently. Now you're going to be like, okay, so I'm charging 500 an hour. What is it that I can do that's uniquely different to to really? And you actually get it. So you don't. You know, it can be scary, but that's the idea. If it wasn't scary, it wouldn't be worth it, right? Like it's that's that that whole fear, like feel the face of fear and do it anyway and all that. But um, that that would be an immediate blue ocean is doing that. When I first went into companies doing sales training, I was charging 200 pound a day. And I, w I showed up at one client and they went, oh, I didn't think you were in until Thursday. And I was like, well, no, no, it's in the diary for Tuesday. This is when I started in like 2010. And they went and they wouldn't pay me the invoice, 200 pound, 200 pound invoice for a whole day's training. But then when I got, you know, built some confidence, built up some, you know, some experience behind me and I started charging real money for it. Do you think they ever forgot? No. But, you know, the fear, whenever you raise your price, the fear is always going to be, is anybody going to buy? Yes, they are. And once you sell it once, you should never, ever go back. Like literally, once you've, once you've had, once you made your first thousand pound sale, are you really going to go back to selling it 200 quid? Like that's that. But then you've got to ask, okay, what define, you know, because it's a whole thing. When people pay more, they, they experience more. You pay 30 quid a night for a hotel. All you care about is that you have a roof over your head and you get a night's sleep. But you pay a thousand pounds for a night in a hotel, you're going to experience like the reception area. You're going to be like wowed at like the the um, the the curtains in the yeah, the shower. Like if the shower's got to be amazing, right? So you you experience more, and it's the same in bookkeeping as well. I don't I just don't believe that anybody and I I've you know I have no experience in bookkeeping at all, other than badly trying to do my own books. Um, and uh, but you know, point being is that nobody I don't believe anybody is selling bookkeeping. I just think that there's more and there's something, there's something more that you can be doing and it's bringing that to life. Yeah. Wow. Um, you've, you've given us so much today, Pete. Um, it's amazing. I'm, I think there's so much for people to go away and think about, um, particularly about how they can create that wow experience for clients. That's mm. what we've been talking about on the bookkeepers bootcamp about how we can build those relationships that enable us to give that, just that feel good. It's something that's going to make us stand out from other bookkeepers. Yeah. Um, we've taken so much of your time. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I wonder whether you don't mind just telling me about the sloths before we wrap up. Uh <laughs> Do you have another hour? <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't. So, okay, this is actually really good um, in reference to exactly what you were just saying, is that the, the um, when, when we try and fit in business, we become like Tetris, we disappear. And I think... Now you only need to go on, on Facebook and see all the sales trainers, all the bookkeepers, everybody else doing what, what you do. And I, I think, you know, one of the things I, I coined a term about a year and a half ago, you've got to be willing to do what the rest of your industry doesn't have the courage to do. And um, so I decided a year ago um, that I would get in the car. Um, well, first of all, that I would help 100 people grow their business for free and I would drive all over the UK and meet them all because I knew nobody else had the guts to do it. So that's exactly what happened. Um, we had 480 applicants in 24 hours from one organic post. I'm not kidding. And I had no authority on Facebook. I, like I was a nobody on Facebook. I still don't get a lot of likes. And there's people that do get far more engagement than me. I don't really care about it. I don't care if I get one like or 100. It makes no difference. I just care about helping people and thinking, how can I do that? So anyways, 
So me and my, my girlfriend um, and Slothy, that's Puggy in the background, by the way. Sorry, I've got to get the names right. So we, we had this sloth because um, kind of knocking around the apartment. And I said, well, let's just take Slothy with us uh, because he's already, you know, gets up to weird things in, in the house when like Jamie, my partner is out. Or if I go out, I come back and Slothy is like, you know, having a party or being abducted by aliens or something like literally this would all happen. And um, so we took Slothy with us. And um, also I was doing these, I did seven days a week morning accountability sessions, which I've now done every day for over a year. Um, so I show up for my members every morning. Um, anyways, and I didn't want to be that guy on Facebook who's like, we're just going to wait for some people to join, uh, give it a few minutes, you know what happens on those Facebook lives. So I just grabbed Slothy and started doing a Slothy dance and everyone loved it. And since then, the story has evolved to a point where my last name on Facebook has changed from Scott to Sloth. So Pete Sloth. Um, we um, have Slothy Fix, which is an entire Netflix thing coming out quite soon. Um, we, uh, we, we're doing, a, we're actually running an event this weekend, believe it or not, social distancing. We've got 30 people attending, um, which is amazing that we're able to do that in this world at the moment. Although I was waiting for the news with Boris yesterday, like, could we run it or not? And uh, Slothy will be heavily involved in that. And whenever somebody joins the academy and pays in full, they get their own personally branded Slothy. But I'm going to bring this all the way back because I can go on about it for ages. Um, and there has been animations and cartoon sloths. And that's why I've got three videographers now. It's become a whole thing. But you've got to look at the objection that people have. And with sales, I have quite a direct message. And with sales, I can talk about sales all day long. But the reality is I'm just somebody else talking about sales. Now, it doesn't matter what my belief is that I'm the best at what I do. I can aim to be, you know, better than Grant Cardone, all those big names out there. And although he's not a great sales trainer, let's be honest, but that's a different story. He's great at marketing, but not so much sales. Um, but actually, it's about saying, hold on a second, you know, how do we soften the message of sales? And having Slothy next to me, and um, it allows me to say what I want. <laughs> Nobody can be mad. And um, and it's it's, you know, if, if you only need to look at like, um, what's the compare the meerkat, they were struggling big time, but they came up with, they came up with a character that humanized funny that it took a meerkat to humanize the brand. And um, so most definitely create an experience for your client base. Even if you're bookkeeping, like there, there might be something that you do every month, you send them a chocolate bar. Like we actually have ultimate sales Academy chocolate bars that we send out to members. Like, because that's the world that we're in today is, is, is thinking, in that way and saying, you know, what is nobody else willing to do? Um, and so, yeah, it's just just that humanized touch with a sloth. Amazing. I mean, if someone that sent you a chocolate, a branded chocolate bar in the post, you'd share that on Instagram, yeah. wouldn't you? So that's, you know, all it's all good social proof, Absolutely. isn't it? Um, that's amazing. So I guess people can find you at Pete Sloth on <laughs> Facebook. How else can people connect with you if they well, want to find out more so, about so, you? So first of all, with, um, with my Facebook, just add me personally. That's fine. Kind of like Joe. Um, and uh, so feel free to add me. And then I've got my ultimate sales training with Pete Scott, uh, which is a free group. Um, it's kind of the first level of my membership, which is completely free. Um, I've been quiet in there more quiet than re um, recently because we've been just so hectic. Um, but um, there's that. Uh, also as well, go to www.ultimatesalesacademy.com. And uh, that's where you can learn about all the academy and everything, all the great things we're doing within there as well. Oh, thank you so much, Pete. We really, really appreciate your time. Thanks Love for having me. It's been fun. 
Yeah, loved hearing everything. And I'm so glad that we've connected. And um, yeah, I'm sure our members are going to just be absolutely thrilled. Well, I can see everyone is saying thank you. And it's great content. And they're all wowed by you. So thank you so much. So thank you, everyone for listening. Um, obviously, we've got our bookkeepers bootcamp, we are going live again tonight at 8pm to discuss how you make your software suppliers an employee and how you manage staff as well and, and nurture those relationships. So we'll see you at 8pm tonight on there. See you all later. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast, the topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.